Welcome to the There's More podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Karen. And we are here helping women dream bigger, pray bolder, and live empowered. And today we're being joined by our close personal friend, yeah. Susan Brown. She is a mentor, a coach. She has a ministry called Triumphant Together. Yeah. But she is really going to be drilling down on the topic of forgiveness, which can be a hot topic for pretty much anybody that's walked about a nanosecond in this life. Oh, yeah. Has to deal with that. So she's going to talk about the benefits of it, how we do it, and what it's like to live a life in Christ with forgiveness. So welcome to the There's More podcast. Welcome to the There's More podcast. We are so honored to see you, Susan Brown, today and hear from you. And oh my goodness, Susan is the um, curator of Triumphant Together, which is a coaching ministry, a healing ministry, an art ministry. You've branched out into all kinds of things. I know, and it's I hard just, to keep up. I know. I just, uh, she's an Enneagram expert. I mean, there is hardly anything that you could, she's coached my own child. I mean, I just like, there's just not a, hardly anything you can't do. And mm. at the same time, like you are always the person that I think of when I think um, about making a decision. I always come back to a conversation that we've had many times and I'll ask you a question. And you're like, well, what did Holy Spirit say about that? And I just, that is like Susan yeah. Brown's up until now, and what did Holy Spirit say about that? Those are your two mantras that that <laughs> resonate with me, and we just love you and honor you, and cannot wait to talk about forgiveness. Like we really believe that twenty twenty three is a year of recalibration, mm -hmm. and I do think that that involves and may involve for a lot of people letting go, you know, in this year. And yeah. so Susan's going to walk through um, her own journey of forgiveness and how you started and got trained in a ministry called Forgiving Forward. Um, so yeah, so Susan, tell us in the beginning right now, how did forgiveness become so radically highlighted to you and, and so much so that you wanted to kind of give your life to helping others? Yeah, I would love to. And um, thank you for those honoring words, first of all. <laughs> thank you. you so much. And um, yeah, so and before I even begin that part of the journey of my story, I would like to say that if um, anyone who's listening, that if you have any objection rising up within you, and Rachel, I'm going to use your, your two words, letting go, mm -hmm. it's going to invite everyone to let go of any thoughts mm -hmm. you already have about forgiveness, yeah. any dispositions, notice what's happening in your body. As you it's even good. hear the word forgive, you may feel a tenseness, a tightness, a demanding more of you than you're ready for. Just notice mm. what you are going through, what you're experiencing right now with the ideas, with those, really, it's the key ideas are for just the word forgive mm -hmm. and then letting go. Mm. That can be terrifying to all of us because letting go is really what Jesus talks about when he says dying to self <laughs> and surrendering. Mm -hmm. And even, so it conjures up a lot of stuff in our minds, hearts, spirits, bodies, when we think about forgiving and um, any objections yeah. that you might have, things like, I've already done forgiveness, it doesn't work. Whoops, stop, <laughs> don't leave us. Yeah, <laughs> good. That's good. You know, Susan. I've already mm -hmm. done it. I still feel crummy. I still, I'm still so mad at him. I'm still so mad at myself. I can't forgive myself. I'll never, Yeah. you know, yeah. some of the words, some of the things that I've heard when people come to me for forgiveness. Yeah. Um, 
These are the things. And usually they're able to go, you know what, even though I have these objections, I'm here anyways, Mm -hmm. which is a big first step. So whatever you think about, let's just put the left brain Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of down. Let's give it a rest this morning a little bit. Tune into your heart because forgiveness is really of the heart. It's not of the mind. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get hung up. Okay. So yeah, it's of the body. And that's another element that the Lord has been leading me in this past, I would say the last two years Mm -hmm. and accelerated, accelerated this attention to the body big time, which let me use that as a segue into my own story with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So it began, I would say in 1997, Mm -hmm. when I was first diagnosed with breast cancer, I've been diagnosed twice. The more recent experience was two years ago. Mm -hmm. The first time was in 1997. And I had fear. My children were five, seven, and nine at the time. I was afraid of dying. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling hopeless. So I was... I was a mess. You know, I was hungry for the more. Mm -hmm. Suffering brings you often will bring most of us, especially I would say believers, to the foot of the cross. Yeah. And so suffering, yeah. So that was my in my fears. Fears can and I I can't do this. Whatever I'm doing in my own self, it's not working. Mm -hmm. And so when we get beyond ourselves, which again, suffering will do that. Uh We get beyond kind of the small self, the egoic self, we can't do it ourselves. And we look for something else. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was doing. I won't go into my journey through the new age world. It's not anything I'm ashamed of. The Lord has redeemed that. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that this hunger for healing, for peace, actually, mm-hmm. at that time, brought me to a new age church, which was um, not far from me. Now it's in my backyard. It's mm-hmm. changed locations, um, literally in my backyard in my neighborhood, which I think is just really interesting because the Lord says, it's okay. You you do not need to be afraid anymore of this. You don't have to keep these things at a distance. So that to me is the significance of that. So for the first, I grew up Catholic. I had, I went to a Catholic grade school for eight years. I went to church, I think six days out of seven. (laughs) That was part of our curriculum, Monday through Friday. And then on Sunday, I was forgive. I was really familiar with forgiveness because I went to confession once a week. So I so I have this background of that Catholicism offered me that's very rich. Mm-hmm. And that I pull from, you know, that is part of who I am today. All that to say is that I was in a new age church with that background. And the minister, the preacher, she asked people who wanted public prayer to stand up in the church in this big body of people, I had never done that. I'd never asked for public prayer. I'm not even sure I'd prayed, to be honest. Mm-hmm. In my own childlike way, I had prayed yeah. what I was taught, but I hadn't gone beyond that childlike faith, I would say. And so I stood up because why? Because I'm desperate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're desperate, you do you're sick. what you consider. It's you go off. You're like, I'm jumping off the cliff now because mm-hmm. I'm desperate. I need this. So for me, that was terrifying. And what she said to me was, breast cancer, which side, right side, that's a heart wound. And that is a heart wound associated with your mother. Wow. I'm not going to go into that long history or the, you know, the journey that I took, but that was a wake up call to me. It was the first time that I really heard that there is a connection, Mm. a legitimate connection, a scientific connection between the body and the mind Mm -hmm. and that our bodies 
our minds, our thoughts can create distress in our body, disease in our body. Mm -hmm. And so it woke me up to that. And what she said was forgiveness. You need, basically, you need to do forgiveness. This is a forgiveness issue. Mm -hmm. I knew that to be true, to be true, to be true. And so who did I run to? I went to the only thing that I knew at the time available, and it was a psychic person. Oh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> and I, so I'm She's just been saying, delivered from all of this, yeah. but it, it, and that's sure all you knew, this. you know? I just share this because God redeems it. He does. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. I just, again, for people who have, there's nothing to be ashamed of. No. Yeah. That to the Lord. That could be an area for forgiveness. Forgive me, Lord, for yes. you're not knowing any better. You didn't for, know what you didn't know. I mean, gosh. I, him. I just didn't know it, but I was hungry. It's part of the spiritual journey. You get yeah. hungry, you're not even sure what you need to eat. Mm-hmm. And so that became really clear. But anyway, so I want to fast forward through some of that. But what she did was she led me into an experience, a guided visualization that, again, has a rich science behind it. And the Lord always is asking, asking us to imagine. He does it through the parables. He puts us in the place yes. of people in parables constantly. Mm. So she led me through this guided visualization where I had to, was invited to, imagine my mom as a little girl mm-hmm. and put her in my heart. Wow. Nurture her like a little girl. I couldn't do it. I refused mm. because I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. That again was such a wake up call of what, how hurt and right. wounded. And I don't even know how to make sense of it, ladies, at that time. Yeah. Now I do. And it's a process that I use. It's part of the inner healing process to go back when you're a little one, to take other people, to imagine, to see what's going on in your heart. So that was, that led me to forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then went through some process, got some healing. And then I would say in 2010, that was another huge wake up call, a surrendering of myself, a dying to myself when my marriage blew up. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned of my husband, of one of my husband's betrayals and over a period of, I would say five years where I was praying for rescuing of my marriage, uh, leaning into reconciliation and forgiveness with multiple betrayals. Again, I was at the end of myself. Nothing I could do, Susan, could heal the pain that I was in and the suffering and bring reconciliation to my marriage. So while I was fighting really hard to rescue my marriage, what what became really clear was God was fighting to restore my heart. Mm. He wanted my heart. He wanted me to be captivated by him, that captivating love. So that's where Mm. I looked at forgiveness again, because I had no choice. So looking at being with my mom over the years, what I saw was a very, a woman who had lived a very, lived out of bitterness and resentment, a very private person. No one ever knew really the extent of her stuff, what caused the suffering, what wounds she carried, the root of those wounds. Mm-hmm. However, what I grew up in was, was an environment that was filled with that. And I grew up in an environment where my mother at one point stated when I was an adult, and it was such an aha moment for me, she said, I had two other sisters, I wanted you girls to be so independent that you would never need me like I needed my mother because my mother was wrecked when her mother died. And she never wanted us to experience that grief that pain. And so she grew up creating very independent women devoid of love. Wow. With all that really. So 
I'm just sharing that to let everyone know that this was the environment. Yeah. These are some of my wounds. Mm-hmm. So this independence in me, do it all yourself. God took that in hand. And that was a dying. So forgiveness is always inviting us to die to ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's the egoic small self that argues, that is afraid, that yeah. doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's so afraid of going. There's a lot of reasons going into the pain mm-hmm. of what, to reliving perhaps what you're forgiving someone for, mm-hmm. what you're forgiving, what you think you need to forgive God for. Yeah, let's get into that later if, if the conversation goes that direction. In forgiving yourself, we don't like to relive the pain, um, and we feel like we're having to give up something of ourselves. Yeah, our it righteous feels unjust. Because we, we feel, feel just, I mean, most times we feel justified in the anger or the, you know, the offense. It is, it is justified, but that doesn't mean that's where you want to live. It's, and it's coming of our own self, our mm-hmm. own, our own, whatever we think justice looks like, right? Yeah. It could be, I'm not going to talk with that person for five days. I'm stonewalling them because I'm going to make them pay for hurting me. Right. So that justice that we can call it revenge. We could. At the end of the day, it's we're making someone pay through our own humanness, right. our own life's experience. I could have made someone pay. My um, is my ex-husband. I could have made him pay through stonewalling him, through doing this, for doing hands, you know, just for being bitter, yeah. for basically creating a family, a home, an environment of bitterness. And so my fear. So what what really had me racing down I-75 <laughs> to <laughs> forgetting forward ministry was I did not want to be bitter. Yeah, so that's good. But in my history. Mm-hmm. And I knew I did not want that, that because we know hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so I did not want that to be part of my history of my legacy, nor my history with God. Mm. And so I went racing down 75 to get to not to learn how to be a forgiver. I wanted to forgive. I wanted to do it. How do we do this? And so two Mm. years after that experience, so that was a journey of forgiving and over time. And as more offenses were exposed, more forgiving was needed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe it's a, it's a daily practice. Um, Yeah. And we can get into that a little bit later. Why it's a daily practice. And so to, I will fast forward a couple of years and understanding how forgiveness changed my life led me to be a facilitator, Mm. to offer it in my ministry that went from being very secular in nature to live an empowered life to, it was called live an empowered life at one time to impact coaching. And then more recently, a couple of years ago, the Lord said, this is a Christian ministry. It is triumphant together. Mm -hmm. I'm calling you to partner to call others to partner with me Mm -hmm. that they cannot be triumphant without me, God Mm -hmm. in in community with one another. And so it led me to, so forgiveness became an essential part of that, of Mm. my coaching basically that I offer. Susan, you know, one of the things that I think stands out to me as I'm hearing you talk is the connection you're making between acknowledging the heart wounds Mm -hmm. with um, the process of forgiveness. Cause, and I think that's where, we get into more from a Christian standpoint, more of an intellectual assent when it comes to forgiveness. I'm just going to say these words. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. But we miss the, we skip over that really critical part, which you're talking about, which is really acknowledging the pain 
and letting Jesus heal the pain. Can you lean into that a, a little bit more, like how that, it, yeah. you know, is it like a cart? Can you ever do the cart before the horse? Is it always that you address the heart wounds first? Like, how does that look? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what I want to share is, let me lay a, a foundation first, is okay. that we are, our, um, and this comes from the teaching of the Enneagram, mm-hmm. which is a personality assessment tool that Rachel mentioned earlier that I'm certified in and has been so robust in its information and in my integral part of my healing journey yeah. and now coaching. So with that to say, I'm going to pull from some of some of the teachings cool. of the Enneagram, yeah. which is very simple. There, we have three centers of intelligence where we get our wisdom from. These three centers, which is Holy Spirit, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. We have in these three centers, our body, their mind, our thoughts, right? So body slash gut, our body, sorry, body slash gut, our thoughts slash mind Mm -hmm. and our heart slash feelings, right? So those are Mm -hmm. how they're known as. And so what we tend to do, people tend to only be in the thought lane, the the mind lane, which is what you're doing forgiveness work, you mean? Yes. When they're doing forgiveness, they'll approach it from a mental, Mm -hmm. they're thinking, how do, how can I, what do I need to, what thoughts do I need to have? Mm -hmm. Kind of, what do I need to do? But it's still along their mental. What's brought them to forgiveness process or forgiveness coaching or or inner healing is the heart wound and Mm -hmm. often the body. They don't often recognize it as such. They don't see the connection between forgiveness and rheumatoid arthritis, which my Mm -hmm. mother had between bitterness, between nightmares, between mental torment, between yeah, resentment, depression. Anger, yeah. depression. They don't see the forgive the connection off it. They didn't even realize one of the objections people have, or I would say why they don't forgive is because they, they they don't know better. That's right. right. And breast cancer brought me to that awareness. I begin to know better yeah. basically of the connection. So we come to it in different ways, but what so what we want to lean into is okay yes we have these thoughts and I, you are going to be thinking but w- the healing comes when we understand what's happening in our body agape love for our body mm-hmm. and agape love when we are enfolded into the body of Christ right mm. that's what forgiveness offers us it is a felt body experience wow. and it is a heart experience And the way that I approach it, and it is shifting over time as the Lord and Holy Spirit has led me Mm -hmm. through teachers, mentors, readings, my own experiences, et cetera, is that I want to know when someone comes for forgiveness, and this is for everyone listening, you can pause right now. And when you think of someone who you're carrying an offense, whether it's a little minor one or a big one. That seems un, just, I can't do it. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. That level perhaps is to think of that person, maybe think of the offense briefly Mm -hmm. and notice what's your body, what's happening in your body immediately. And that's where I'll lean in with, tell me more, tell me what's happening in your body. Yeah. Describe it. Um, And oftentimes we know um, other practitioners know that people have it's they don't have the language necessarily even for what's happening in their body. So I may give people some language to describe, but basically what's happening in your body, my chest, I can't breathe. I stop breathing. There's a mm-hmm. variety of things start to noticing because your body is always is, as you all both know, is keeping the score and it's telling you what's going on. It's another center of wisdom for you. Okay. Your body wants 
to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'll often take people through a process of what is your body saying to you? Then we can go to the heart wounds and through. So that's just the beginning before we even go into right. kind of the, the scripting. And Susan, for people like me who have been so ignorant of their bodies, I mean, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So I wonder if this is five, six, seven. Do they have a harder time tuning in if, you know, if you're five or six or seven in that triad? I'm just yeah, curious, yeah. like, it, because for me, like, you know, my body's just blowing and going. I'm not like, you know, I, I don't notice. And so I think a big piece, if someone is listening, they're like, I have no idea what she's talking about. Yeah. How do I notice and, my and, body? and you're not, you're not tuned in. How could they practice mm-hmm. tuning into their body? Because for me, like I had to work, I mean, I can't get anything done because I'm just like, I don't feel, I don't, and I still don't feel super deeply. I mean, forgiveness hasn't been as much of my struggle because I don't feel deeply. Yeah. 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 So, so there's yeah a couple parts to that question. So the first thing you can do, so let me give that, that practical application immediately. And that is to pause and simply notice it's called a body scan. Mm -hmm. Um, Those you have been with me when I've led body scans. Mm-hmm. And so you're familiar with that process. But for those who aren't familiar with that process, you start, I would start at your head mm-hmm. and go right to your toe. And you're, what you're doing is, and I would diaphragmatic breathing, start breathing, because when you're breathing, you can't be thinking. So you're not, you're thinking, which is great, right? Yeah. It's an easy way to put those thoughts aside. So start your breathing, diaphragmatic breathing, fully belly breathing, and then scan and just simply notice what's my head feeling like. And then if you don't, if you need feeling words, there's, there's charts out there. Someone can contact me. I can give you feeling words, go into the field of somatic therapy. It's, it's, that's what it's about is body awareness. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of feeling words, but you can start to, you'll start developing a language Mm -hmm. and words do inform you, right? Yeah. It's a way to, right. You need that language to open up possibilities and to put some kind of words to the felt experience. So it could be like, my head is tingling. My head feels tight. My head feels fuzzy. It feels closed. It feels, you know, you'll start and then go right down through your, to your, eyebrows where we carry so much tension between our mm. eyebrows Am I furrowing mm. my brow and my, you know, my frowning and go all the way with all these body parts. I don't want to take the time to go through. Are them, you, but- are you thinking of the person you need to forgive when you're scanning? No, no you are this is just going- general. Yeah. When you said, oh, I'm Susan, I'm not even aware of my body. It's not even a practice. It's not even something I'm just blowing and going. Mm-hmm. That's where like, oh, but I want to be more aware of that because it's a center of intelligence that I'm not using. Okay. So it's good. To your point, Rachel, we have the three centers. One we is our dominant. And I would say for you is that it sounds like from what you're saying is that your thinking is your dominant center, thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then perhaps heart is your secondary. And then there's one center of intelligence that we rarely use. It's what's considered offline. And for for many people, the body center, because we're not trained from a little one to really pay attention to what our bodies are telling us. Wow. Um, Karen, you mentioned Hartwell, you know, that's one of the parts of the ministry. And in Hartwell, it's about listening to it's going right brain intuitive, but listening to what our bodies are telling us and what our hearts are. We we go, we we give the left brain a rest during the workshops. We so hope that you're enjoying this conversation. We are so grateful that you listen to the There's More podcast that we wanted to give you a gift. We wanted to share some of the things that we've learned 
with you. So Karen, tell them how to do that. Yeah, we've got a 14-day kind of a mini session on spiritual warfare. Kind of one of those topics that people, I think, have a lot of mystery around. Mm -hmm. They're about seven-minute teachings with a prayer at the end of each that are really just designed to equip and empower you because we don't have a problem, we have an enemy. Yes. And so it's just going to equip you to arise victorious. Yeah. Everything you need will be in the show notes. Now enjoy the rest of this conversation. And so Susan, to this point, what what is kind of the, why do you want to do that? What's the point of, like, Scanning. so say I feel you know, a pit in my stomach, then what am I doing with that? What's the purpose of that? The next step, you know, a client was recently, she's like her shoulders, she carries so much tension in her shoulders. And I want to say this is for everybody. This client had, you know, limited understanding, was diagnosed with a learning disability. Languaging was, you know, kind of a challenge for her, I would say. And even this experience going through this body scan, she was able to to identify, yes, I am caring. And then the question is, ask your body, is it some is there something it wants to tell you? Wow. Okay. And with that, it's like, I'm carrying, like she's just like, I am just carrying all this stuff on my shoulders. Mm. And then it's like, what is your body? Ask your body what it needs to let go. Now, as believers, we would say, ask. Holy Spirit. Right. And I was just, that's just a given. When we say, ask your heart, ask your body, ask your, we're asking for the mind of Christ, the heart yeah. of Jesus, yeah, the Holy Spirit guidance. Right. And so we just ask, what do we need? Ask your body. What does it need <clears throat> to let go of this? And it's amazing. And you all have done inner healing. And for those of you who haven't, this is a beautiful process where you're, you get the information. And if you don't right away, it's okay. There'll yeah. be other There'll be other ways to to accessing that information. Mm. And through that, and um, we start accessing more of who we are. It's the more. It's the part of us that have just been offline. Mm. It's more of God. It's more of Holy Spirit. It's more of Jesus. Mm. We are now, and we want to bring that into the healing process. It's so much faster. Yeah. If we're only trying to do forgiveness through our mind, it's so sluggish. It's so impeded by our wounds, our experiences, our interpretation, what books we had, what books we haven't read, who we've talked to, who we... It's, we are just limited in our, in our mental understanding. And this is a way for, again, for forgiveness to get the fullness of that true gift of forgiveness, which means we are one with Christ. Mm -hmm. We get to experience the agape love for ourselves because we're honoring our bodies. We're saying, body, you are hurting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People come to me because they're hurting either physically, emotionally, and or mentally. They're being mentally tormented. And so it's this beautiful way, uh, Karen, of honoring, of saying, I honor my body. Mm. That is something I didn't do. I thought my body, and I actually gave testimony. The first time I gave testimony was at Be Still several Mm -hmm. years ago. And I said, forgiveness was because I was drawn to forgiveness because my body had betrayed me and I needed to forgive my body. And I had experienced in my marriage. And now I know to be true, my body had not betrayed me. In actuality, I had, and I betrayed is too strong of a word. I wouldn't do that. But I would say I had let my, I had let my body down in that it's like a small child who wants like, mom, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. And you're like, later, later, later. 
that's what I was doing to my body. And I didn't know it. It, right. you know, it wasn't an intentional abuse. No. It was know better i didn't yeah. know the wisdom i just didn't know how to do it <laughs> so yeah. i think that's such a powerful that reframe is. because yeah, i do think a lot of people feel like when they get cancer or whatever that that their body has somehow betrayed them as opposed to it being the center of intuition and intelligent divine intelligence that it's yeah. actually trying to perhaps give you a message and exactly. we, when we push it away and we are angry at it and, you know, all we're doing is exacerbating the healing that's being offered to us, either through the heart first and then through the body, however that, that flows at all is, you know, God's yeah. divine intelligence. Yeah. I mean, Christ is, he dwells in us. We are in Christ. It is this beautiful, intimate, physical, mm -hmm. not just a head connection Correct. and not just a heart connection. He wants all of us right. Right? Mm -hmm. to occupy every cell of our body. Yeah. And I will say that through the new age, and this is where I just see the beauty of God, the redemptive hand of God. One of the prayers that I was led to, I got on a hotline, a prayer hotline <laughs> during that time. And one of the <laughs> guided visualizations is beautiful. And it was the light and it was light. And now I know it's the light of God is mm -hmm. in every cell of your body. Yeah. I also did some like, you know, take no prisoners captive. Like I want every cell that is not of God out of my body now. Right. Yeah. And a big hose. I have several visualizations that I used to flush out those unhealthy cells. And also though, but one of them, which resonates to this day with me is the light of God permeating every mm -hmm. cell in my body. Yeah. There's no hidden cell that the light of God, that is a physical, that's a physical prayer, right? Right. Body-based prayer. And God does want to occupy, have that, that presence that we know it's not, again, it's not a mental, but we feel it in our bodies that he is in us. Susan, in so if, if forgiveness is enfolding yourself into the body of Christ to experience that union, to experience that freedom and wholeness. What is forgiveness not? Because I do think the the distinction between forgiveness and reconciliation gets very blurry for people. And mm. I, I can you speak to that? Because I feel like people feel like if they forgive, then everything will be reconciled and we're all going to skip down the yellow brick road happily with the person who hurt us. And that is really not forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, and exactly, Rachel. I don't know if I can say it any better than you, but it's like it's it's that I'm going to forgive because, and I think that's really important part of the process is to ask, and I may add it to my you know my list of questions is so it, it basically is why are you here? Right, you know that is why you know how we start. And we start that, as you both know too. I mean, and you both do is why are you here? Yeah, for inner healing. Yeah. And so forgiveness, what do you think it's going to get you? What's the payoff? Right. And that's one of those misconceptions like it's going to save my marriage. Again, I was doing forgiveness. I was I was trying to rescue my marriage. <laughs> yeah. And again, God was like, I'm restoring your heart. Yeah. That's that's the that's the the bigger piece. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the greater piece here is I'm going to give you a gift. Yeah. Yeah. You you think your marriage is the biggest gift of all, and he's like, oh, it's me. Yeah. And so what I learned, and what we're what we're what forgiving forward also teaches is that you come forgiveness. You come to the table. There's three people sitting at the table. There's you and the person you're forgiving, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And this is in your head, not necessarily real, oh, but right. you can have yeah. 
Yeah, and that the reconciliation requires that third, and it requires that agreement. And if one, if that that may not happen, the reconciliation is there at the table, but it may not happen mm -hmm. because if the one person who you're trying to reconcile with doesn't doesn't want reconciliation, it's not going to happen, mm -hmm. even though you have forgiven them. Right, right. You see that in the ministry of Jesus. If someone does not want healing, if they do not want to follow him like Nicodemus and lay down right. what they're attached to, right. what their identity is surrounded. If your identity, you know, is Oh boy. Um, you know, kind of like surrounded with righteousness and mm -hmm. judging and I the spirit know of religion. The I spirit think of religion. A lot of times you see that in in people who you can't reconcile with. Like yeah. they're so right. Yeah. And you're so wrong. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they just they they're uh, they're they're blind, truly, a lot of times. So it I it so we have to look at it. Am I doing forgiveness? to control someone and mm -hmm. to meet a need that Jesus is going, wants to fill and can fill. Yeah. So we're looking at our motives. It's a question we're asking ourselves. In my case, what was, what I was told was that by my ex-husband was that he did not want to do forgiveness. He truly, because he said, well, one of it was he rejected forgiveness because he truly believed that I could never forgive him wow. for what he did. And he, and what later, again, I did not have the understanding. I was so wounded. I didn't know what to even do with that mm -hmm. other than to be frustrated and angry. Right. So what I now know is that he was projecting his own understanding, his own heart, his own limb, all that, whatever he would, he was projecting his inability to forgive himself and perhaps forgive me for my offenses. Yeah. And so when that is at the table, sitting at the table of reconciliation, yeah. it's not going, it cannot happen. And of course, I prayed for a miracle and all, you know, for his heart. And I prayed those prayers, mm -hmm. of course, and I still pray those prayers. And uh, but so that's where forgiveness and reconciliation, we want to separate those. Mm -hmm. It's not a, it's not a leads to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will lead to maybe perhaps a reconciliation, a greater understanding with your, maybe a relation, a flawed relationship with God. Yeah. You know, and, so and that's the God. Susan, a big piece of forgiveness for me has been to count the debts again, not as a deep thinker. That is something that was, has been hard for me. It's like, I don't want to think about that, but is that a part of what you teach in forgiving forward, like and, and writing it down? Yeah, and describe what that means because yeah. I've I've used that language before too, and I think that it's can be misunderstood yeah. exactly what what that is. But I think it's a critical yeah. piece of it. Yeah, I, I would agree with both of you. Thank you for bringing that up. So let's 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 enlarge that word debts, right? Mm. You know the power of one word, ladies. <laughs> so let's enlarge that word, and let's enlarge it to offenses. I've been offended, right? Somebody owes me something. And in the, in scripture, part of the process that I do take people through is to give them some understanding of scripture, depending on their history, their background, their own understanding. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we, what I, the parable that I um, almost without fail will share is the one with, when the, with um, 
the servant who owes the master a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And we could put that in this billions of dollars in today's Mm -hmm. terms, but it's a lot of money that simply cannot ever be paid. So Jesus is making this point when he's talking to Peter about the forgiveness process and what it's about is that we have these debts that cannot be paid. They're offenses. So we, so that's kind of like money. He uses money, but what we want to use it as, yeah, so there is financial debt, of course, but there are other kinds of debts, emotional debt. You offended me, you hurt me, you stole, you broke. Um, in my case, I my debts were um, you stole my dreams, you yeah. stole my future, you broke my family for years. I was stuck on he created a broken family, you know, we created or he created, but that was the debt, that was yeah. the offense, yeah. And then there says it's offense is like you know, you're almost like you're it's your ego, you've offended me, my identity. I've had people recently say lies about me, accuse me of things that aren't true. Mm-hmm. That's an offense. It's and it's an attack against my identity. Yeah. So we want to, so when we go, so we can count those. Mm-hmm. Wow, they lied about me three times. You know, he said two lies about me. So we do count those. And there's not, I want to say there's not anything wrong with that. Right. And the forgiveness process takes you through the one that I use and that I've been trained on. Um and it it it, it um it's not like a single process. It's yeah. kind of more according to other totally. training that I've received through the Be Still Ministries as well, through Freedom Tools and some other things. But what we do is we start out, it's not the starting out, but when we get to that point of counting offenses or mm-hmm. debts, offenses, what, who are you forgiving? We stay with one person. I'm forgiving this person because they lied about me. And how, and I will always ask, and how did that make you feel? Right. Because we are not forgiving the behavior. Right. We are actually forgiving the wound, That's the right. heart wound, right? Because they made Can me say, feel. Susan, just repeat that one more time because I think this is super important here because mm-hmm. most people make it about the action versus the wound. So just repeat that, please. We're not forgiving the action. We're forgiving the heart wound. It's right. how you made them feel. So right. let me take this for let me give a quick example. Someone, I'm in a meeting with y'all. Someone comes running into the meeting and yells, a stranger breaks into the meeting and accuses you, Rachel, of something, lies about you. Mm-hmm. Rachel, I heard that you stole money from the blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You would probably, well, you, or let's say Karen, because you're going to laugh it off anyway. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, on the other hand, she was. Yeah. She was feeling when they came in the room and didn't accuse her yet. <laughs> So two people, how would you age? But for some of who like, let's say you're feeling insecure about your image and about your, you know, I'm handling the monies of this ministry well, or I want to be holier than I don't want anybody to have. But let's say you have, or maybe your past has an experience in the past. or So so again, we're going into our own experiences, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It can be a trigger for somebody and not a trigger for somebody else. I'd be like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever, there's nothing to forgive. You know that it's ridiculous. Steve Backlund, he has a book. He's one of the senior pastors at uh, Bethel Church mm-hmm. in Reading, Bill Johnson's ministry. You can laugh at yourself or you, just yeah. laugh at them. Yeah. And what he says, his whole book is about take these lies, whether they're about yourself, regardless of who says them and laugh at them. And mm-hmm. that's what, but when we're not laughing at them, when we're offended, when we, our ego is threatened, when an image we have created about ourselves is threatened, 
And again, when we are deeply wounded, I put my trust in you as a spouse. Mm -hmm. I put my trust in you as a parent. You did owe me fidelity as a spouse. You did owe me physical safety as a parent. These are legitimate offenses. Yeah. And people do owe us those things. Yeah. And in the ministry for giving forward, they make that really clear mm -hmm. is it's okay. People do in covenant relationships, mm -hmm. we do owe each other. And so what you want to do though is forgive. So whether it's a minor offense or something that wherever you are in your life, level of woundedness mm -hmm. and healing and wholeness, acknowledge that it hurts you. It's okay. Because mm -hmm. it's there. Yeah. Again, your, your body, it's there. I felt like I got a punch to my stomach. It's there. Mm -hmm. Forgive them. I forgive you for lying about me because it made me feel. XYZ. And now we're, we're getting right to the heart wound. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. If someone lies about me and I don't care, there's nothing to forgive. Yeah. Susan, because for moms listening, how do you, how would you coach a mom? Cause I know for me, it was like, <laughs> I would tell Davis, like, say you're sorry to yeah. Campbell. Mm -hmm. I forgive you for doing this. When in reality, yeah, we, forgiveness. He, we I have literally forced my children yeah, to too. forgive their whole life. Mm -hmm. So what does, what does that look like with children? You've got a grandchild now. I mean, I'm sure he's probably hit you or done something to some, I mean, as precious as he is, <laughs> I mean, but how, yeah. what has changed about forgiveness? Because I mean, I'm even thinking for my teenagers, like I had to, I was like, Davis, you hurt Campbell the other day. And I'm like, you need to, you need to make this better. And I'm like so frustrated. But what does that look like? Because it's not just them saying something in the moment. That's what I get annoyed at. Like you want some kind of like, make this better right now. And God, man, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that yeah. just doesn't happen. But how can you start that process that's not just religious because yeah. it's religious for me. I hate mm -hmm. to say it. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So depending on the age of the child, so let's start with the teenager, as you mentioned your son. Um, and that I would say is that it becomes more of a relationship issue that forgiveness is more relational. And that's the teaching of in scripture. That is the bottom line of scripture is that Jesus did this. Um, yes, he did it for our freedom, the freedom, though, is in relationship. He did it for peace. He did it mm -hmm. out of agape love. Yeah. That there is, it's a, it's a relational, it's a relational, um, it's a relational issue. The core of it is relation. Yeah. And so I would say, turn it into, and, and, and as you know, people vary in their levels of emotional intelligence, of being able to read a room, being able to read a face, being able to read when someone, you know, turns away from you that, wow, that I, they may not even see that. So what I would say is heighten the awareness just in terms of this as a relational, you know, you know, um, how did you, you know, Davis, how do you think your sister felt when, it's you good. know, whoever it is? You know, how do you think she felt? If you're not sure, why don't you ask her? Mm, you know, rather good, than Susan. jumping right to forgiveness, it's like, let's just see what it's about. It, did you create a wound? And if people, again, if they're like, I'm okay with wounding that person, and, you know, we can experience that, right? It's a it's a different issue. Their heart is hurting because yeah. they have built up a wall around their own, you know, lack of apathy or compassion. Or, you know, I, I was with someone once who prided themselves on lack of compassion. That's a hard issue there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's wow. a hard issue. And so what I would I, I want to be hey, friends with them. <laughs> tell me who that is off camera. We love them. We love them. <laughs> when I drag <laughs> y'all gonna edit that out of that. 
<laughs> would I drag that person to the forgiveness process? Mm-mm. Yeah. It would be such a head thing. Like they're not coming and they'd be like, okay, I forgave. I'm done. Are you feeling better now? Right. right. They're like, oh, I forgave you. Are you feeling better now? Let's just get over it. Let's yeah. just move on. And again, this is something common I hear is that people who struggle often with forgiveness is that they're with a for, with their, the person they're forgiving can't forgive in return. Again, that does not prevent us. Just like Jesus hung there on the right. cross. He didn't say, I'm only going to do it if you can do it. Show me mm-hmm. you're as good as I am. He's oh, like, oh, man. And so we do it because that's the redeemed. What That's what a believer who most represents Jesus is doing, yeah. who most carries the presence of Jesus is doing. And um, so I would start with, how do you think? She, and if you're not sure, ask that person. Yeah. Absolutely. And for little ones, it would be, you know, just how are you feeling if they're hurt? How are you feeling? Is there something when she said that, when your sister said that, or that classmate said something to you? Did you notice, you know, how you, you know, how did you respond to that? Yeah. And then you can always leave the body start a body awareness. Yeah. It's like putting an emotion with it is probably so much more powerful than like saying, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me for this? But I I didn't even know to do that for myself. So it's like, do that moms. So I'm thinking as we start to kind of need to wrap up, um, I don't want to leave without talking about it, it, we can make it always about forgiving others. And and then there's two other key people that are usually the elephants in the room, which are forgiving ourselves and forgiving God, which sounds blasphemous because he doesn't need anything to be forgiven of. But we can hold offenses against God for what he did or didn't do. Mm. Can you yeah. address those two components, um, if you don't mind? Yeah, you already addressed the first one about God, which is that it's in the, the training that I received, so I'm going to lean into that training because that is a key question and concern. And that is, it's we we, we want to correct, enlighten, <laughs> inform, all those words work, right? It's theology is off. Their theology is off. That God, if you believe that God is with you, he's for, for us. He redeems it all. He's perfect, right? We're not, but we are in him. God doesn't need forgiveness. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not something going on there. So what we don't want to do is just go, hey, God doesn't need forgiveness. Get over it, basically. No, it's right. like, what's you're mad at God. What is it? What are you feeling? You're disappointed in God. That's a different issue. Right. Then we want to deal with your disappointment in God, which will lead back to theology. And that's not a bad place to be. Mm-mm. When our faith is questioned, it's there's an opportunity for us to only strengthen it, right? right. Some people walk away from their faith, maybe temporarily, maybe mm-hmm. more you know, permanently, but it is an opening for faith to be, I would say, strengthened. Right. And use it as an opportunity. I want to use it as an opportunity, not just to correct, you know, someone, but to lead to lead that into a fuller understanding of what um of who God is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what God about is. forgiveness towards self? Yeah. And forgiveness of self. Tell me what the objection is, what what you're Well, thinking. I think that, you know, so often the reason why it's really difficult for us to forgive others is because we don't realize we actually have an offense against ourselves. Like we mm-hmm. feel ashamed of something we've done. And so it's easier to point fingers at somebody else without realizing, wow, the person I have the biggest offense against, at least that this was my case, was myself. And I didn't know 
I didn't even know I needed to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times when when you're in a lot of shame, you don't even know it's you that really needs needs to say, "I let you off the hook, Karen." Mm-hmm. I say that you you don't uh, you don't you don't owe anybody. You don't owe any. You do you see what I'm saying? Like I just think that is such a key piece of forgiveness is we we forget about us. Yeah. Gosh, here's where we're going to go with that. And that is that when there is a resistance to forgiving yourself, mm-hmm. it is, I would say it's an, what I know to be true. And that from my own experience and being with others is that we hold ourselves to a standard of perfection mm. and we don't want to see ourselves as falling below that standard. It's embarrassing. It's, I believe that I'm this kind of person. I believe that my words always, let's say it's, it's always enrich others or frequently, or I'm called. And then when we fall like, oh my gosh, I just gossiped about someone. I just told somebody else a story that wasn't mine to tell. Or I, I just said I was insulting to someone or mm-hmm. careless or whatever. We then fall below. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating. We feel shame because I'm not the person I think I am. It's very egoic driven. Mm -hmm. And I believe, Karen, know to be true that that's where the scripture comes into play is that we are like the kernel that must die in order to bear fruit. That there's a sense of ourselves that we're holding ourselves up to a certain level, a certain standard, Mm. whether for me for a long time, it was, I was so afraid of looking stupid. Mm -hmm. And when I said stupid thing, I was like, I didn't want to go there, but I have to forgive myself. It's it's a sense of forgiveness of like, you know, it's okay. I forgive myself for saying it's okay. It's not a standard, but it involves humility and it involves surrender. Mm -hmm. And I would say when we start taking ourselves less seriously, Mm, you know, that we're not this, whatever that standard is that we've held. And it's, I mean, it's okay to have ideals, of course, but not when they interfere with our ability to be kind to ourselves. That voice of that voice of self-criticism. And I, up until now, had a really loud inner critic. Right. Um, and so that is still like, you know what? I am going, forgive myself for saying the stupid thing. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. I really can be stupid at times. Yeah. And so part of that, Karen, is also, and I think it will take us maybe down a different path a different day, but yeah. is, is acknowledging the shadow side of ourself, which mm-hmm. is the part of ourselves that we don't like to admit I am like that person that I am judging. Mm, it's good. Right? Yeah. That's the plant calling the kettle black. Mm-hmm. That's taking the plank out of your own eye mm-hmm. before yeah. you take the plank. But all of that is a spirit of humility mm-hmm. um, and that mm-hmm. of humanness and, com- and self-compassion. Mm-hmm. And I and when you begin to develop self-compassion for you know for yourself, I think that's huge. Yeah. You, forgiving yourself. It's because it's the greatest act of kindness you can do to yourself. Mm, yeah. Yourself. So good. Susan, Susan, as we wrap up, will you pray for people who just, I just feel like there's so many people that don't love who they are, who he, who he created. So will you just pray a forgiveness, a general forgiveness prayer over people who are like, God, that is me. I just, I don't love me. I don't love what he created. Um, just as we wrap up, because what a beautiful way to start 23 of just going, I just surrender my own thoughts about me. Mm. I mean, you know, and oh move me oh. out of the way, golly, so I can like yes. fully receive who he actually thinks is awesome. 
you know? Exactly. So will you pray yeah. that oh over anyone gosh. listening? I would love to. Oh my gosh. Rachel, I just feel like you just set up, you just teed that up for mm-hmm. all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's like the softball. I just feel like the Lord just like, here we are, everybody. We are standing uh-huh. at the plate. And we just, and we are holding the bat, but God is holding us. Mm-hmm. And he is just saying, I want you to take the biggest back swing ever and step into this. Mm-hmm. Just as you're putting your hip into it, you're rotating your shoulders. It's your whole body. You are prepared. You have been trained in the word. You have had your coaches walking alongside you, your teachers, your mentors. And I am giving you the softball. Mm-hmm. And as it's coming to each of you listening, You are getting ready to take the biggest swing to knock that ball out of the park. And that home run for all of you listening is you are coming. You are, it's the home run of who you are. Mm -hmm. People, as you run around those bases, you are seeing people cheering, standing up because you have discovered who you are. Mm -hmm. You are the masterpiece of God. And everyone has said, we've seen it. We've seen it, the saints, those in the heavenlies, everyone has been looking down at you. Jesus is waiting there at home plate, Mm -hmm. embracing you and Mm -hmm. saying, you've got it, girl. Mm -hmm. This is your year of seeing who you are. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tee it up for you every single day for you to embrace the truth of who you are. Let's knock it out of the ballpark every day. I pray these things. In Jesus' name, and he will give you the gift of forgiveness where you have judged yourself so harshly for what you've done, what you thought, what you felt, and all that is forgiven as soon as you give it to the Lord. Give him that clean slate. He hands you that new 2023 year slate and says... It's a new year. It's a new you. Yeah. Thank you. You've got this. We have got this. Amen. Amen. Let's play ball. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I could see the whole thing. So me too. Susan Brown, we love you so much. Thanks, Susan. All of your things and what you're doing will be in the show notes. So we just love you. We honor you. Happy New Year. Thank you for the healing journey we went on today. (laughs) (laughs) I've got tears, so thank you, Lord, for the healing. Thank you. We love you, girl. Well, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. We just wanted to let you know about some additional resources. If you are interested in learning about Rachel and I's Bible study, just go to fathershousestudy.com. It's an amazing eight-week encounter with with just the Father's love. We've got Zoom groups are going to be starting this fall. We'd love for you to be a part of. In addition, we have an opportunity for you to have a free resource from us. If you go to bestillministries.net and sign up, you will receive a 15-day kind of a mini masterclass on spiritual warfare that has been done by myself and Lindsay, a friend of ours that is our head of our prayer team. So hope you'll join us. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Thanks a bunch.